to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello, welcome to episode 120 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird, I'm with Colin McKay. And Colin, where are we tonight? We're in the Raven tonight. Uh, really, really, it's like ghost town Raven tonight um, because the weather's. It's horrendous. Uh, <laughs> so I think we're kind of building up in Glasgow just now because we're biblical flooding, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, also, it's quiet because Scotland are playing a football game tonight oh, and people are, people are now hiding from Scottish football right now because oh. we are horrendous. Where, where are they playing in Russia. Scotland? Russia. Oh, Alright, they're playing in Russia. Yeah. But they surely be even busier than being on TV. No, we're going to lose. Oh, yeah, okay. And probably lose quite severely. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we're, people are not happy. But I think it's good that we're now in the mindset of where we expect to lose. That, that's like, that's all, progress. No, but we've always expected to lose. Just not by this much. <laughs> just, we want to lose with heart and passion. Now we're just losing because we're shit. Is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. There's no heart, no passion. Oh, we're just losing. Oh, yeah. But are the fans are still loyal, aren't they? They're stupid There's, loyal. I mean, as a man who was once quite a firm member of the Taunton Army, I was stupidly loyal for a long time. Yeah, yeah. You, would you say you're not anymore? Have you handed in your kill? I think I have. Last time I was at a game was about four years, five years ago. Is it because the quality is dipped that much that you just, you can't quality, fight that? Quality with football was one thing, pricing was one thing as well. Right. And also, when we went to Taunton Army games, it was a communal experience amongst a lot of friends who we knew from university. Right. And that was our one sort of meeting point, as life yeah. proceeds people start moving away people start doing other things in life so there wasn't that same impulse to get back together for these games and once that opened up I realised it wasn't really the football I enjoyed as much it was the getting together with friends and, re- and yeah, enjoying the atmosphere yeah. yeah. um, and once that stopped it's felt like you know what this, it's not as much fun as it, it once was I get that yeah. no, I totally get that it's the people that make the, the yeah, exactly. as well no, yeah that, exactly that and if, if, once you lose that it's, sort of, it's, it's, it's not fun anymore plus as well there is only so much you can take before you think how there's much, much heartbreak one man can manage and I manage a lot of fucking heartbreak yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I gave up um, hey, speaking of football speak it nicely then yeah. sir um, we'll talk um, drink for a minute but Camel Weird Camel Weird I've again. been thinking about this wee section yeah. I think we should call it the Mike's on Mike Mike's on Mike the Mike's on Mike yeah, I've, I've been giving this some okay. thought and I, think, I think that should be um, a regular the Mike's on Mike Mike did not play this weekend again well, this is why they lost. They lost. I, don't know who, I can't remember who they're playing, but yes, they lost this week. Um, what, did, what, did, what was their advice last week? Play Mike. And what did they do? Didn't play Mike. What's happened? Lost. So, yeah, Camel Laird lost. Mike didn't play. Bad defeat. A team I think working below them in the league, so this should have oh. been a win. Need to get back to winning ways. No, sorry, they didn't. They lost on penalties to the team who won the cup the year before. No, that's a cheap, a cheap... It's a hard, it's a hard and loss. And it's a cup game as well. Yeah, so they're oh, out. Oh dear, dear me. Hard dear. loss. It's because Magic Mike wasn't playing. Magic Mike needs to Magic play. Magic Mike needs to be yeah. in the midfield. They lost. I think it was seven, the goal seven, six on penalties, which is really harsh. That means you've hit, you've scored five. You scored what you should have scored, and you it's, still. It came down to sudden that, death. Yeah. That that one kick. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Play Mike. I'm, yeah. You know, I don't know who the manager is or the assistant manager, but you know, play Mike. Mike will do the magic. Okay. Yeah, definitely. that's why he's called Magic Mike. Obviously, yes. That's his name. Yeah. Real this birth certificate magic Mike. <laughs> XXL. Yeah, yeah, so what are you drinking tonight, Colby? Um poverty. Beer. Poverty. Poverty beer. beer. I'm drinking um drinking Colton because I don't have a lot of money until payday and it's the cheapest thing they sell in here. Um, so I'm drinking how, but I do enjoy it as well. Luckily. How much does Coltown cost? This is three pounds sixty pence for a pint. For one forty you can echo one forty you can have what I'm having, which is a blue moon. And I could not eat for the next three weeks. Mm, Call yeah. the noodles department. You, you, I don't like noodles. I don't know. Cheap pasta. Blooming is your go to, isn't it? You it is my go to. It's my fault. It's like the stable. That's like your tenants, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. There's a few things I'll drink no matter what they are. I think Blooming might be one of the ones that I'm, I'm very much enamoured with. It's one of the ones 
I discovered it as my like sort of first crafty beer. Yeah. You can only use one and get it at like the old beer hall down in right. um, Gordon Street. Right. And I was like, ooh, something this fancy. Is fancy now. It's like now it's like fucking staple. Now they got it on tap places. Um, I was discussing beers earlier on with some fellows from work, and um, I've got quite a passion for Japanese beer. Ashai, Ashai. There's a few other ones as well, but they make good beer Japanese they've got their heads around because they, they tend to fucking do you know they do shit do properly and they've really got a handle on making beer the Japanese and I was looking at all the kind of different beers and out of the kind of seven or eight that I've seen pictured or tried most of them and every one of them is a delicious drink so I would highly recommend Japanese beer we'll move on to some non-cinema viewing first of all as we always do as we always do okay um, so the first one up I'm going to mention is a film called At Eternity's Gate that sounds weighty. It is weighty. It stars Willem Dafoe. Oscar oh. nominated Willem Dafoe. Has he never won an Oscar? Willem? I don't think he has, no. Wow. Like, nice. He feels he should have won an you Oscar. Did, this should make me here. I think he's very heavily touted for The Lighthouse Keeper or something like that one with Robert Pattinson. Well, I've not, not seen that. No, this Come, year it's going to go to Wacking this year. It's going to get we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so this one he played Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, right. I know of this. Yes. Yeah, so the idea is that the the belief is that Vincent Van Gogh died of a self inflicted gunshot. Yeah. And that, that was how he committed suicide. Um, this takes the parlance that there, there was a, a he, he died of misadventure. It was, it was amongst it, and all way he died, and it sort of follows history to a certain point, and then they, it just sort of, goes off and it's on me. Yeah, not 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 for a long time. And from what I've read about it is, this is not like a completely out there theory. It has been muted before. It has been mentioned before. It has sort of people have questioned it before. They, they assume it's suicide because obviously he took his ear off and he's already he's in a very dark place in his life. But they're not. They can't be a hundred percent sure that this didn't happen to him. But they, they still accept the belief that he did kill himself. But he's still in the movie. He still does die. By yeah, yeah, he still dies. But it's but how by gunshot. By gunshot. How the gunshot uh, okay. happens. He right, dies. He, gets okay. shot, he gets shot in the stomach. It takes him like about a couple of days to die. Yeah. It's how that gunshot happens. Right. But most of the films really just fall on him as he sort of struggles and tries to get through life as a an artist in, in uh, France, like it was. Yeah. Uh, right. So I'm ignorant um, to, to the ways of Van Gogh. Was he? Was he a successful artist no. at the time? No. Or was it no. after his no. death? Not really, no. There's a few things that sort of, I think in the film, it sort of shows that he started to get success a little bit. I think it rather to do his brother sort of promoting his work. Right. Um, but he wasn't like, he wasn't the Vincent Van Gogh we know now. Like any right. little, little bed set thing he's got in the farmhouse on the wall is his sunflowers. Mm-hmm. You know, like the most famous Van Gogh of all time, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's, at one point, a girl gives him a ledger of, like an accounts ledger, it's yeah. like blank pages. To something to draw on, and he takes it and he starts filling up with pictures. He gives it back to her, she just puts it in the drawer. Because um, it's of no value. Yeah, he doesn't look at it, he puts it in the drawer. And they find that it doesn't get found until like 2012, and in it there's wow. 180 like original Vincent Van Gogh gold sketches and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Which obviously is worth millions, millions. upon millions now. So, wow. um, it's gonna, so it's definitely an idea of the struggling artist. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so that's what it is. Cool. And so, performance-wise, Mr. Defoe, he never does anything by half measure. No, he's Defoe excellent. Defoe is all... He's never nothing, actually. He's always, always on. Always, always, always on. Always yeah, he's in excellent this, in the film. Yeah. Fantastic in the movie. Absolutely no problem with what he's doing. And he deserves his Oscar nomination for it. I don't know who won last year for Best Actor. Do you know who won? Rami Malek? Yeah. Fuck me, he's better than Rami Malek. He should have definitely won over Rami Malek. people maybe should have won ahead of him, but definitely Rami, he's definitely better than Rami Malek. Yeah. And the scale of people who were nominated last year, he was definitely higher than Rami Malek. I think you were quite annoyed about that last <laughs> yeah. year, really. I think it quite got your, your goal yeah. a bit, because I think there's a few others you were confused as to why. I think if I'd saw this at the time, unfortunately I didn't get much of a release over here. If I think I saw this before, though, I would probably have tipped him to, to be 
who should win it. I didn't think he would win it, but I think who should have won it. I think it was a great performance. Um, and really committed. And who else is in it? Is there any, who's, who's giving them back up? Um, there's a couple of guys. One is, uh, I think he's in the, uh, the house maids, or the handmaid's tale, what's called. Right. Uh, I'm going to get the name for you now. But it's no one. He, it's very much the Vincent film. You know, so it's it's all based around him. So anybody else is sort of just very tangentially. Yeah. He sort of, um, kind of wanders through. They're not really got a big role to play in it. just sort of, well, um, I'm just getting this out. At MT's what I think about um, Defoe is... He's got this amazing knack because when you think of films like the Rupert Friends in it, um, right, okay, yeah, Oscar yeah. Isaac's in it for a little bit as well, just as a small, he's, he plays Echo Gang, uh, Mads Mikkelsen pops up in it for a little bit as well. So it's there's a lot of people names, pop, but it is just it very much there fully in support of what um, uh, uh, Norm Defoe is doing. What we've got to say is Defoe, um, I think, lends himself very well to. I mean, you think of things like the Florida Project and um, the Boondock Saints, even to understand. I love Boondock Saints. But he, he kind of does this thing where he gets like, actors that are not quite in his range, but he never overshadows. No. He compliments he and compl- he brings I, out the best in he is the whoever's pers- working He is him. almost the greatest supporting actor. Yeah. He can hold films in himself he needs to. Oh, no, he, yeah. But as a supporting actor, he brings so much life to everything yeah, he does. Yeah, but he, he, he kind of doesn't steal anything from no. anyone either. He just enhances, and I think that's a, that's like, a kind of gift. Think of something like Mother Noring Express. Just, he's not in that much, but he's, he just brings so much to it. Yeah, yeah. Favourite the four role? Oh, um, favourite the platoon. I do like Angel Elias, yeah. Angel Elias is a crack role. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe you can get much better than a role yeah, than a platoon. Yeah. Um, he's a lot of really, really good stuff, but I'm... I'm I'm a really big fan but of even it. in trash like Spider-Man where he's the Green Goblin oh, he, the he, pro- he's so committed to what he's doing he's just not he is the Green Goblin um, Boondock Saints is up there as well well that's a fucking performance and a half he does not go back with that one whatsoever. no um, he just really goes for that but the only issue I've ever had with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is that they put Willem Dafoe in a metal mask he's one of the most expressive actors in the world yeah, latex him up. Later, I get him in the latex uh, mask. That's yeah, absolutely. 100%. But when he's not in the mask, he, you know, he, he does. He, oh, gives, he, he gives a committed the performance. He's doing it in the mirror. Yeah. Oh, I mean that's a that's a proper goblin. Yeah. I mean this is like this is before superhero movies. Well, but they are now and they got fucking big names like that. Uh, I mean, where somebody's you know, it's like a proper actor acting. Like, yeah. That, that, Hearts out and yeah. Spider-Man yeah. like, wow. So at Gate, it's on Netflix just now, it's really worth watching and yeah. I'll say definitely look for it, it's an excellent film. Cool. Uh, anything of interest you watch online, uh, at home? Um, at home? Not touching on the two we're going to talk about at length later on. Right, okay, well I, I did catch up with, um, I, I missed this in the cinema last year, um, I didn't get this year actually, was it last year, you can tell me in a minute, um, and I really wanted to see it um, and I was quite annoyed I missed it, um, Bad Times at the El Royale. I enjoyed it. I eventually caught it. Um, so yeah, I wanted to see it. Was, was it this year or was it earlier this year? I think late, late last, last year, year maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, enjoyable, right up until the final act. Yeah. Just railroads. Um, <laughs> I think Hemsworth comes in and it, with his introduction, you're just like, oh, no, no. It's an interesting no. sort of dark thrill. Then it all of a sudden tries to go Tarantino a little bit aye. and it just it loses itself at it that point. It just kind of goes and they bring in this, you know, like kind of Jesus figure, Charles Manson. He, he, he doesn't quite pull it off. Yeah, I agree. And I think the film suffers for him. Not How good is the girl who, like, I can't, I want, I'm annoyed, I can't remember the name, the singer? She's brilliant. She done that live apparently on set. Yeah, that's she, not. It's not overdubbed. She, that's purely live. She does a lot of singing. She does yeah. sing a lot. But she's very good at that. Yeah, she is very good. But yeah, it was. A, it, was a, it was quite. Maybe not as covered out as it thought it was. Yes, it definitely the smart one it was. Yeah, yeah. and there was yeah. a lot of loose ends in it. You know, like just kind of shit would happen. You know, and you thought, like, 
at the start, there's this whole setup about the, 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 the kind of heist, and that's it, it's nothing more than that, it's never revisited and stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of backstories like the priest kind of, uh-huh. it just kind of doesn't give you enough substance and bite. Um, but overall, it was quite enjoyable. Just that last 20 minutes was just like kind of, sorry Chris Hensworth, you're great as being four, but once again, you've let me down, sir. You are. He has. He it is, I'm with you on it. He definitely was the weakest point of that film. Yeah. 100%, yeah. yeah but it's, it's an enjoyable film. Yeah. Nice character story for most of it. Yeah. Just, yeah, it loses its way. Reminded me of identity. It had parallels to identity. Yeah. And yeah, definitely left him from Tarantino. You know. I mean, it wasn't even hiding from it. You know, no. it was like, you know, the term. Which is good, but because... Nothing wrong with People shit in films for being Tarantino films, but it's like, well... Shouldn't that be the point of being such a great influential director? I think what it does show is what Tarantino does is so good that it's if you don't do it right, it, can, it, can, it doesn't work. He knows Tarantino, Tarantino knows how to do a Tarantino movie. Yeah. It sounds dumb, but he knows how to do it. There's a fine line between what looks like a homage and a parody, perhaps. Yeah, a little bit. Say, and it felt almost, it did swing a little bit to parody almost. Yeah, at times, at times. And also, the tone at the end was totally different from the tone of the rest of the film. The rest of the film was quite a serious, dark tone. A little comedic moments in it, but nothing yeah, major. Nothing. And all of a sudden, you get this almost like black comedy, sort of gunfagging off everybody, sort of people. It uh, felt totally, uh, it, it felt it disconnected. Didn't. But it wasn't, wasn't bad at all. Yeah, it's a film. Kind of, you know, good six, seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Sure enough. And um, I think... That's it for now. Oh, Hotel Mumbai. What do you think of it? We um, talked about it last week. What do you think of it? I enjoyed it. Um, I thought at times it felt like a BBC drama. Yeah. Um, just now to get it straight off into that territory. Um, I didn't think it, maybe I'm a horrible person, but I didn't think it was as tough a watch as you thought it was. Uh-huh. But people in Watford about it and they thought it was a tough watch as well. So maybe I'm. You're cold hearted bastard. Not possibly more desensitised. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, we both sat through fucking Evil Dead without even flinching, so yeah. you know, that says a lot about us as horrible people. <laughs> um, what, what annoys me, I think we spoke about this a wee bit last week, was um, I don't like when they take actual events and decide to mash it up, you know, so like... Um, character become amalgamated or they add in a character to try and bring something Yeah, you know, like the kind of the main protagonist slash hero wasn't... Wasn't real. He's a made-up character, you know, and there's a lot... And I, I kind of get dramatic... I get dramatic lines, they need to do that, they need to make, you know, a movie, yeah. and it's got to move, I get that, but it annoys me, it's like, you've got such an exciting real story You've got there. a story already. Why yeah. do you need to add, you know... Almost it's more impressive, if you can find a narrative within that, rather than try to add to the narrative, yeah, it's more yeah. like, Again, like I bring, I think it's, it owes a lot of debt to something like United '93, yeah, or indeed that one was it July twenty second, the one about the Norwegian shootings. It was on Netflix. Yeah. Same idea of like you don't need to add in effect to make it. You can just play it as it is because it's it, as yeah, itself is enough. This is a horrifying event. Yeah. It doesn't need any more fucking yeah. drama. Do you know what I mean? It, everything you need is right there on the screen. Yeah. You know, you don't need to create characters to give it levity and fucking or whatever. It, it doesn't need that. But um, other than that, it, it was it wasn't it wasn't a bad film at all. Um, yeah. Again, a solid kind of six, seven out of ten. Also, um, yeah, you know, nice. d- definitely. And I, I don't know. It angers you, makes you feel. You know, like, it's horrible seeing freedom getting stripped for anybody. Yeah. And it kind of you know it's still here, it's still prevalent, and it's still relevant. This I'm just going to mention it happened in 2008. Yeah. It feels yeah. like, it feel like a decade ago that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, because it's so relevant. And, yeah. You know, it's still it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, it's, Happen all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched that as well. I mean, enjoyed it, but it's enjoyable yes. enough. Like, I, I, I have watched. And I'm still watching Fetty Rock. Um, course, halfway yeah. through season two now. Um, Tracy Morgan still has not enamoured me. Um, I thought you were, I thought you were warming to him a little bit for a while. Yeah, we went from zero to two percent. We've not transcended. Not transcended. Um, 
My favourite is still Kenneth. Kenneth's Kenneth amazing. Kenneth's he he kind of a proper comedy role that he he's, embodies. In the he's that gem. He's like kind of Abed from Community Age. I mean, a Joey from Friends, that one role. Or, sorry, Phoebe from Friends, that one character that just... They've nailed it almost. The moment you see him on screen, there's no sort of thing in the character. Yeah. I would say that it was well, Dr. Cox and Scrubs. They instantly find that character straight away. You just and, fall in love with uh, him. They, don't, they almost don't change from episode one, whereas every other character, sort of, you see an evolution, you sort yeah. of see them finding the character and understand who they are. He gets it from day one. Yeah. I think that's really uh, impressive. Absolutely, just brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, I'm enjoying it. Just Tracy Morgan still. Yeah. No, okay, fair enough. Um, we may touch quickly on some cinema watching that you've touched on, but we'll be wanting to discuss now that I've seen them. Yes. So, yes, first one is Ready or Not. Ready or Not, here I am. Um, which was, I, I get full credit, it was directed by Matt Bettling Glenn and Tyler Gillette. There's two directors on this one. Um, they've done a film called Devil's Jew, which I actually quite liked, and Southbound, which I thought was a bit mixed. But, okay. Now, the plot of this film essentially is someone. Um, so, um, girl marrying a guy the guy happens to be one of the inheritance of a massive gaming fortune like sort of board game fortune yeah, yeah. Um, on their wedding night they play a game which is chosen by providence is chosen by luck or fate, fate yeah. what you play <laughs> um, once you play the game that's your officially part, part of the family yeah. if unfortunately you happen to draw a certain card which is a hide and seek card they won't tell you this but the family basically hunt you and kill you and sacrifice yeah, you it to becomes a sinister game, sinister yeah, sinister game. Yeah. Um, she of course draws this card the family got to try and kill her. The boyfriend's trying not to get involved in. He wants to, or the husband now is trying like, to sort of save her to some degree. Yeah, he, he could love the girl, um, and that's sense of the film. Um, in the film, you got Samantha Weaving, who is in the Babysitter, who is not. She's not Margot Robbie. Robbie. Yeah, <laughs> but she has Hugo Weaving's niece, so. Is she? Yeah, but I think Hugo Weaving's brother might have some questions to answer because I think he's definitely impregnated Margot Robbie at some point <laughs> she is <laughs> or Margot Robbie's dad has done something to Google Weaver dude own, I know? watched the full film it was only the credits that I realised it wasn't that's how fucking much like Margot Robbie she this is very much is. so yes yeah. and I think you play on that um, yeah. she's in The Babysitter which I really enjoyed yeah, last year we really liked it, it. Yep. Um, Three Billboards as well she pops up in and I think she's in Neighbours or Home and Away one of the two um, you've got Adam Brody playing the boyfriend who is in Yoga Hosts yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. he's in a lot of stuff but yeah. I like the Yoga Hosts yeah. um, Mark O'Brien plays the brother um, and he's an arrival in the front runner he was my favourite character yeah and he, 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 what, the character who had maybe the most nuanced sort of yeah with, with maybe, obviously the main character through a jump sheet probably apart from her he gets to be the biggest jump he's, he's the most yeah. conflicted throughout the whole yeah. film yeah. 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 Um, and you get Henry Sersney who turns up in every single TV show under the sun he plays the sort of patriarch of the family yes. and then you've also got Andy McDowell who plays the mother um, I want to put it here I fucking loved this film. I thought it was fantastic you, I really dug it in a big I way I thought you would like this yeah, it's definitely pitched to me like it's, it's your next is one that springs to mind the most but I think it, well it has a lot of um, Cabin in the Woods mm-hmm. I think it's what really that's a tone Cabin is a tone this idea of like something you think you know what it is but it's just a twist on fucked upness that makes it more interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know, Kevin yeah. Woods has that as well. He kind of turns it up to 11 once you've kind of hit 11. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. up some more. Just turn on a ramp on just for yeah, no reason. Well, okay. um, so it really, and I think it found that nice, perfect mix of horror and comedy. It didn't over-egg one or the other. It found a nice balance between them, which I think is a difficult thing. Some, some horror comedies seem to all try and ramp up the horror to try and like make it a horror film, or they try and go too much into comedy. Yeah. And you kind of lose something there. Never finds its kind of middle. It's middle. This found, much like the babysitter actually, the babysitter found it really well. And I think part of that is uh, Samara Weaving. I thought she was absolutely phenomenal in the title role. I thought she was like fantastic. I think you touched on this when I was watching it. Um, 
I think the dress and that's very iconic, isn't it? The, 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 the kind dress, of visuals, you know. The dress, the converse, yeah. like the, the shotgun, the yeah. pelvic. Which, in fairness, that scene's only in it for literally like two seconds because it, it, it just it looks good in the poster. But it sticks, yeah. It sticks in the head, yeah. You know, that's ticked the box right there. Yeah, and she does look yeah. totally badass. And you have that moment when she goes from like frightened wifey and there's just a twist, and you go, oh, like, now she's a badass. She's nuts, yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> also that film, the French film, Revenge, remember that one was out last year? It was one I've like, never seen it, you told me about it, that. It had a little, it's not as brutal as that, that's a, that's a much gorier film yeah, and a much yeah. more sort of serious take on yeah. it. And it had a little bit of twist to that as well, and she reminded me of the girl in that. Yeah. Um, I think the, after the babysitter, which I th- really liked in as well, I think she definitely potentially be a really good leading lady. She, I, she could think so. I think definitely. She'll maybe like in this kind of genre. Maybe she won't like. She won't be going to Oscars. I don't think. But she's definitely. She'll find a niche where she'll get a good bit of work. Right. What really annoyed me about this movie? Um, this really got me up with her scream. I like the scream. Oh my no! It 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 was almost like it was the the, the best description I can give is um, she and Black Panther when the, the, the kind of female guards do the kind of warbling yeah. of like Xena warrior princess yeah. and oh I wanted to fucking choke her just shut her uh, up it's, it went right through it really well, would, annoyed me I would say though she doesn't scream that much but when she does my she fucking god dude yeah. Jesus Christ <laughs> you know you kind of it pushes you back in your seat almost yeah, yeah. So just I dug it though I saw it in a, on a Saturday morning it's a big cinema, but pretty much me and like four or five people, people could always been out for a wee while now. So it was a really good, yeah. I was sitting in the front two rows, like, right, well, I really enjoyed it. it. Did the audience chuckle with you? Chuckle. It's hard to know because they're so spread out. Yeah. <laughs> she, I didn't find it that funny. I am kind of didn't. I thought the humour was a bit kind of ham-fisted. It wasn't funny, but I think it worked. Yeah. Um, the other stuff didn't work in it. I thought some of the villains, apart from the brother, who was, I think, well-fleshed out, just yeah. sort of yeah. The dad, again, his tone switched a little bit too much. He didn't really know what he was. Yeah. I liked the, the crazy auntie. <laughs> she was good. good. Yeah. Um, Andy yeah. McDowell was playing this as her get out, thinking it could be. A, she was playing it like get out. Yeah. When it wasn't get out, it was definitely going for a different tone than get and, out. I, I mean, I'm the same as you. I don't rate Andy McDowell as well. Mm. So I'm. Um, I know her name in the billboard is probably a draw, but yeah. for me, it's like you know, it doesn't. I, I don't look forward to watching her perform. And again, she didn't do anything to make me think she's you know did to change my mind or my opinion. I thought. Yeah. Nah. Another mediocre performance from Andy McDowell. Yeah, agreed. Um, it does slacken a little bit the pace in the second act, which sort of maybe holds it back a yeah. little bit. But over that, it knows exactly what it is. But it, it does well with, with location, though, because yeah. it isn't quite, it, you know, it doesn't move far from the, the house. house. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so to, to do that and keep it interesting, yeah. it's, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they go outdoors a few times, but generally it is well, good in the house. To, yeah. to the house. Like I said, it knows exactly what it is. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. try and be not what it is, yeah. and, and I'm totally fine with that. And, and for what it is for that genre and that sort of style of movie, it's in my wheelhouse. Absolutely, really enjoyed it, and I really, I, it's a lot. I've had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, I thought you would like yeah. it a lot. What did you give it a ten? Seven and a half. I think I gave it six and a half. Yeah. Which for a horror again, I mean, for a horror to get anything above seven, it's got to be a yeah. fucking you know exception. It's a cracking Friday night at home movie. Like Definitely, a few beers, few mates around you. You'll, you'll something enjoy it. like yeah. that. Tremors, Cabin in the Woods, yeah. a good kind of double bell, triple bell movie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, second one, which you've watched, we talked about before, is Ad Astra. Ad Astra, directed by James Gray. Who directed the, the Lost City of Z, which I really liked, and um, The Immigrant and The Yards, which are all very interesting, very meaningful films. And um, the plot of this film, as I said, Brad Pitt is sent to the deep races of space, Neptune, to find his dad, Tommy Lee Jones, who is doing experiments possibly to that are destroying the world, but he thought his dad was dead. He yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to find extraterrestrial life. 
Um, and Brad Pitt's all this cool, calm, collected, doesn't let anything bother him guy, try to get to the bottom of having the Yeah, well, it's yeah. very, very um, sad, yeah. Essentially, it's Heart of Darkness in space. Okay, yeah. It's apocalypse yeah. now. If it started with Saigon, shit, I'm still on yeah. Saigon, it would not feel out of place. It does yeah. feel, it's very much apocalypse now, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, not as nuanced, maybe. Not, not as clever. Yeah, maybe, it's aye. not, I suppose, the runtime makes a difference because yeah. you can explore character more, but yeah, yeah aye, I had the same moments like, of these moments of quiet and you have to put like an action beat in it. Same way that what Pockets now does, you have like the quiet and then all of a sudden you have like the, the helicopter attack and yeah. you have the bit of the Playboy bunnies and yeah. it, it has these moments. And, and Tom Williams is maybe not quite as insane played as like, you know, Cuts. Yeah. He is sort of a Cuts type character yeah. in, the, in the film, you know. Um, I liked it. The, the photography I thought was stunning. Looked it gorgeous. looked absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the focus was Pitt's face. You know, the, yeah, there was Jesus. a lot of you know Pitt's face in there, but he's a freaking handsome guy. Yeah, some mean? of the, some of the, the camera loves him. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It works. Yeah, there's some yeah. of the wide shots, like the thing going through the spaceship and through yeah, space, and then yeah. like oh, just and I like the world building it done. Like it felt yeah. real. Like the idea of the moon being this base where people go, but it's also a bit lawless because no one owns the moon, and you have like. They have like the main space station, but in the other space station, a big massive like rodeo clown sign, like like a neon sign, like yeah. sort of, like, like Vegas style subway, shit like that. and it is because I don't think it, it doesn't say when it is, does it? Yes, I think near future. Near future. In the twenties, because just now um, Richard Branson's planning. Well, passengers yeah. to the moon. Yeah. You know, this is their, their big thing just now. Is we're going to take commercial flights to the moon. Yeah. So yeah, within twenty years, yeah, there, there'll be something up there, and there'll be a place to land and go on a wee walkabout. And fifteen years later, there'll be a Burger King and McDonald's. Right. You know, it's, it's all as scarily what accurate movie. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. It's yeah, it's really good in that respect. Um, the biggest, I think, Lorraine mentioned at the time we're talking about it. Other than Pitt, who is phenomenal in it, yeah. I think he's a, I think, I think he's match out right now for best actor because of this. Oh, I would put him as the best Ooh, actor in this. Right, okay. Of, in, so, not only because of this film, but how good he is in um, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. To do these two roles in the same year is something I think really quite special. Yeah. I think that will get him extra plaudits. Um, but because he's so good in it, because the camera did love him, and because he is the main focal point of the film, there is a real loss of anyone else. Everything having. else is. Put to the side because it, uh, yeah, it's a Brad Pitt is the freaking movie. It's his yeah. film, yeah. And that's that to me was a, one of the big loss. Not a big loss, but it's a loss of it because right, Liv Taylor I'm not so bothered about, but she was pretty much not in focus the whole film. Yeah. But if you bring Ruth Negga into the film, fucking use Ruth Negga. She's a phenomenal actress. Even Donald Sutherland was just kind of pushed to the side a bit. Yeah. yeah. And Donald Sutherland's, I mean, he, how how would that man? You know, he must be nearly eighty now. He's older than fucking Jesus. Yeah. And he can still fucking act the socks off. Absolutely. But it felt like they brought him in. Yeah, and it just departs stage left yeah. very quietly. It's like yeah. I feel like you could have had Jim. That is a role that used to be William Fitner's role. Yeah, yeah. you know, something like that. He, yeah. And you expect him to disappear. But to Donald Sutherland, you feel you, feel, you expect him to turn back up again, isn't it? And he does. He does. I, I was surprised that I, I was felt like, like oh, yeah, I feel like a real loss of an actor um, of that stature. It's not. But then I think um, I mean I think Pitt's always been a good actor, and it's. <coughs> he, he is kind of handsome and fucking pretty and stuff like that, but past that, he, he can act. Yeah. And he's, I think he's kind of coming into it more and more and more as he gets older, so he's becoming a better actor. And every time you see him, like you said, he's done Once Upon a Time Hollywood, he's done this yeah. this year, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just 
improving all the time. I've been saying for a long time that Brad Pitt is probably one of the greatest actors in the world who just happens to be cussed by the fact he's one of the most handsome men in the world. It's like kind of Robert Redford, isn't it? It's the same idea, do you know what I mean? It's like you can act you know, your heart out uh, um, and you fucking cut him beautiful but, as well. Yeah, and that's a yeah. really part of the problem people come to expect. They want to put him in lead roles when he is like, say, an action hero and it's like, Pitt's not an action hero, he is more of a He's a great supporting actor almost. Yeah. You like think of something like Seven and things like Fight Club as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great supporting actor and he should be that rather than be this is this is sort of perfect for him because yeah. he is sort of he is in screen every minute, but there is a little bit of with other actors walking through the scenes, there's a little bit of distraction from him. Playing around him, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I thought I thought it was a really good film, I really enjoyed it immensely. Um and you don't think there was more to it? I'm overthinking it. You were thinking, you, you gave me a sort of, we're not going to spoil because it didn't spoil the end, and you gave me a sort of your idea of what the ending was. Yeah, but I what think I you're reading too much into it. I think so. Yeah, I think Because the way I've seen it is when we first all seen the trailers, the trailers, you know, sell it as almost this epic action sci fi. 2001, almost aye, sci fi with everything happening, big plot, you know, this, that. And then when you watch it, it's a really, really tight, streamlined film. Yeah. The plot is just, you know, it's just a straight line. It doesn't really, you know, kind of move. Oh. And I'm like, no, sure, no, but can I say the film be that? You, do, you think it should be more than that? Yeah, yeah no, do. You do, but I, no, I still not. think it might be. I, you've not convinced me because, otherwise. Yeah. I'm still, in my head, I'm still, yeah, you know, but what if? Yeah, Nick called it a Shakespearean soliloquy. Very eloquently put. But, yeah. Yes, well worded. Yeah, right, and yeah. it pretty much sums it up. Yeah, to, yeah. Give him credit, because we're going to use steal it, but give him credit for that one. <laughs> um, I gave it eight out of ten. I think I was about the same, yeah. Yeah, so I think Larry was about the same, same so yeah, yeah really strong, strong, strong. Oh. You, you're, you're giving him the Oscar nods? I'm giving him an Oscar nod for that one, yeah. I've not seen a lot of other things, I'll have to see who's, not, who's up later on, but yeah, I think he's excellent. Um, now, following yesterday on the Hooting the Blowfish, I was rocking my 90s heart out. You decided not to go and see Hooting the Blowfish. No. You went and seen, what did you go and see at the cinema? I went to see The Climbers. The Climbers, The okay. Climbers. Which is a Chinese movie? It's a Chinese movie um, about climbers. Climbers. Climbing what? Mount Everest. Is it a true story? Uh, I believe, right, yeah, but I'll tell right, yeah, and yeah. no. So, um, the story goes, in 1960, right. um, the Chinese National Mountaineering Team, which is a thing, Right, okay. Who, who knew who countries had mountaineering teams? Yep. Um, scaled the north face of Everest, and I think they might have been the first ones to scale that particular face because right, there's okay. two kind of faces ah, you can okay. scale in Everest. Um, check me out. Yeah, you're learning knowledge. Stallone, man. Knowledge, um, man. No, didn't hang on. Um, so they, they scaled it. Um, unfortunately, they, they, they managed to reach the summit right. um, despite much tragedy. Like one guy lost all his kind of toes through frostbite because they had to do like a kind of ladder of people to get up a certain part okay, standing each other's shoulders and stuff right, like that wow. one man lost all his toes and one hand and stuff like that doing this um, when they got to the top um, the, the photographer mm-hmm. had lost the camera because it was a save me and my camera moment <laughs> and oh the lead climber saved the photographer not the camera and because because they never done a 360 panoramic view of the summit uh-huh. there was basically it put into doubt that they declined it not declined but they hit the summit yeah. and basically the, the kind of world decided no you didn't because you still oh, wow. have this particular evidence um, so we get a flashback to that um, which is all very kind of cinematic and this is an IMAX this apparently okay, well. okay. it's all very cinematic um, all be some low key special effects uh-huh. um, and we jump on to 1975 right, okay. um, where um, one of the climbers um, then gets the opportunity to lead another team up this time to survey the mountain 
Do they take um, two cameras this time? They take one camera, camera. one cameraman, um, but of the old crew, there's three of them, and the old cameraman, you know, hates them now because he thinks you should have saved the camera. Really? And not me, you bastard. Why, why? I hate you, I hate you, you should have done that. So, you know, this level of passion, it's nuts. Um, so, they embark on the climb a second time, um, and yeah, reach the summit, and um, I think they become, they, they now measure the height of Everest based on this 1975 survey right. and where they put up a probe and stuff for like that and this is now where they officially recognise height of Everest this is based on this 1975 Chinese expedition to Everest wow um, so you've been educated so I've educated you how was it um, it was fun um, it, it's kind of like right, I'm thinking the mountaineer films that I know I'll bring them to you okay, are Cliffhanger Cliffhanger Everest Everest Vertical Limit and the Saiga the Aiga Sanction I don't know I can't remember that one Clint Eastwood? No, I've never seen it. Put it in your list. I'll put it in my list. Very, very, very good, sir. Okay, right. So, what's is, um, it, so is, it, is it played more for like a sort of action adventure? It's, it's played more like Cliffhanger. Um, is John Lithgow in it? No, I wish it was. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird because what they've done is, um, I think. Yeah, not this time, we'll no. be like half an hour, 40 minutes. Okay. okay. Yeah. We've ordered some food there as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I think the, the, the kind of Chinese film industry is starting to westernise slightly and they're starting to kind of give a western start on movies. So what this reads as is this is like how Cliffhanger would have been filmed if it was a Chinese film right. in the 80s. Okay. Um, it's like uh, the, the best example I can give is um, the, 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 the main hero and the love interest. Right. So whenever they have a scene it will be like violins and sweet music cut to him heel talk cut to her heel talk right. cut to him it's very much like every scene is if you imagined how you would film a film uh-huh. every scene is like that, that right okay um, do you know what I mean it's almost like action movie by the book yeah know? so this is it's like editing 101 uh, yeah, yeah. T- to the extreme but you know, even in like every kind of soundtrack is like you know that this thumping music has to go here yeah. and violins must go here and everything kind of you know fits in weight exactly. which isn't a bad movie for dummies yeah, yeah which isn't a bad thing and yeah. it does make for a very clear movie um, not to take anything from it it's so much fun and the action sequences are done with such a bomb and, and passion that they're insane there's, there's one sequence where you know they think there's an avalanche and they start running down Everest that's fucking Mount Everest by yeah. mine um, and the, you know, the, the chief climber's like, you know, don't fucking run, it's not a avalanche. And he runs to try and catch them. And at one point, they're all sliding down Everest on a ladder, which they then have to wedge onto rocks to stop them getting blown off a cliff. This is more vertical limit now, I'm thinking. While he's like kind of swinging ropes to hook onto things to grab them by the feet to sort of fall. This it's is vertical limit. Fucking insane. Vertical limit, um, is what this is, yeah. It, it's, it's fun, it's, it's just fun. absolute nonsense. Um, they kind of got them down the mountain so many times it's like should we go now it's a bad idea let's go now oh no we'll <laughs> yeah, back down should we go now don't go now it's not a good time to climb let's go now oh no we'll <laughs> back down and it's like I think there's maybe two or three different avalanche sequences so it's like I mean you know, they, they got an avalanche machine and you had to do on special effects and let's, let's milk this for us and, you know there is a lot of the same stuff there's one scene that is one of the best things I've ever seen in camera is um, the, the, the female and a meteorologist team um, gets separated from the main team and uh, as the, the heroes come to rescue them a massive glacier starts falling and breaking off the side of the mountain I don't it's think going, that's what happens is it? it's <laughs> going to land on the female and he jumps under it and with his body shields her oh, right, okay. so it is, 
It is most definitely an 80s style but action it, movie. But it's done so, like, it is done in a like, kind of, like, my heart's beating, you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, you fucking go. And it, <laughs> everyone goes for it with such passion, do you know what I mean? And the, the kind of lead character's got a lot of charisma. I don't know if he's, like, you know, how big he is an actor in, in China and stuff like that, but you know, there is charisma there, and you do root for characters. Yeah, okay. and, you know, the action is like... As cheesy as it is sometimes, and sometimes it is a bit kind of fake as well, but it is like kind of mesmerising. you're taking by from the climber. Um, what you give out of 10? The climbers I would give um, 8 out of 10. You enjoyed it that much? <laughs> I really did. And for once I wasn't the talking white guy, I was fair resistant. That's nice, though. <laughs> More Asian still than, than us, but yeah, we weren't the talking white people. So. It is weird how Chinese cinema is sort of like... Every now and then they seem to put a lot of that on. Now and again, they put a Polish film on, but it seems to really do push the Chinese cinema. I think there's a big Chinese community in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's because there's two Chinese. The Dylan one, the pilot one as well, that I want to watch. I want to get into now. Yeah, so yeah, they do show a lot, and I think there's an audience for it. Yeah, for me in particular. Yeah, the audience is huge. I would honestly recommend going to see this film. Um, If you get a chance, it's. Fun. Um, it isn't fun. I mean, look how much I told you to start. You enjoyed it, yeah. You let me let it's a lesson. A lesson, a lesson yeah. And you know, you do come out happy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you've tweaked my interest. <laughs> Good. Uh, up next is the one that's on, I think it's on like on demand or something. Uh, I saw it on Sky, but I think it's Sky. Sky is, yeah. yeah, it's on Sky. Um, just now. And the reason I watched it is because, number one, you text me to tell me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Which it's very rare you text me to tell me to watch a film. Yeah. It's normally the other way It's very much usually the other way around. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I'm calling it, text me to watch something. I'm like, oh, I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> why why, why are you texting me to watch it? <laughs> so it's a film called Steel County. Hmm. Country. Country. Yep. Steel Country. Yeah. Um, it's my all, first mistake. Yeah. Um, also known as a dark place in America. That's, ah. that's the other name for it. Do you know what? That would be more fitting um, than Steel Country. Well, it's got it set in Pennsylvania, which is Steel Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steel yeah. Country. Um, directed by Simon Fellows, who directed a, a film called Seven Seconds with Wesley Snipes, and also Malice in Wonderland. That sounds like a pun. Yeah, it's, bit, it's not <laughs> great. It's, it's like a gangster film that's set in kind of Alice in Wonderland. It's, it's weird. It's, um, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, I'm quite um, intrigued. So, the plot of this film is there is a young boy goes missing. He is found drowned in uh, the local river. Yeah. Um, the town basically put it down to misadventure. He, he walked into the, the woods. He got lost. He drowned, and that's it. Yeah. But there's a garbage driver, garbage truck driver, in, who. Believes after talking to the mother for like two minutes, essentially. I think, I think even before that, he was questioning it, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, he believes it's that's not the case, and he goes about investigating himself like on his own. Yeah, he is sort of slightly, I would say, very simple, autistic. Autistic. I, I, yeah. I, I think they've got autism, like, yeah. like quite kind of severe autism. I yeah, think. he has high functioning. He's still functioning in the world, but he's not. Yeah, he yeah. does have to probably interact with people. He does have problems. Like yeah, and people. He is definitely. He does. He feels. He feels very odd. Yeah. Um, so in the film, he's played by Andrew Scott, who is Moriarty. Yeah. He's also the hot ass priest in Fleabag. Which I've not seen. Sexy priest man. I mean, you, 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 even I was tempted by him in that film. <laughs> in that film, you know, um, you get Denise Goff in it. Um, she was in Colette. Um, she plays the girlfriend, I think it is, or the mother. So I think the mother. Mom. I can't remember. Uh, not his mother. The mother of the kid. Um, you get Brona War, who plays sort of the love interest sort of the girl in the cab. Oh, her. she the the other driver, the right? Driver. I she's, do love that name, Brona. I've got a new thing about that name. It's, it's she's a... in Hollyoaks in the fall, uh, and you've also got uh, Sandra Ellis Lafley plays uh, Andrew Scott's mother in it, and she's in tons of like sort of she's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember. 
and Michael Rose plays the county sheriff. Yeah. Um, weirdly, it's, it's a point which it's a lot of Irish actors in it for a film that is actually set Irish. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a British film. Irish uh, film. Oh, it's all Irish British film. film there's, it's not. You know, there's no Hollywood in there. It is all. But it's supposed to be set in. In America, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. An interesting choice, but then yeah. it makes sense, of course, that it's like isolation and so because even like in Pennsylvania, which is quite a popular state, there's still these large swings of the country that are pretty empty. Yeah, it's, just, the, it's a town you drive past. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's one of the drive-throughs. So what I thought was to you is when I first seen it, advertising sky, and it was um, Steel Country, and it was like him it was in it. I just assumed it was Sheffield. Yeah. This yeah. was a movie about a truck driver in Sheffield. That was my immediate assumption about this film. It's not. It's not quite interesting you say that because um, the, the Pennsylvania football team are called the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And yep. the Sheffield hockey team are called the Sheffield Steelers. Oh, I don't know. Both very oh. big steel producing countries, yeah. and that's why there is, there's an oh. affinity between the two of them. Did that? Well, I never realised that until yeah. now. That's like a Marvel moment for me yeah. right there. That is, that is your Marvel moment, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a very slow bombing movie. It is, yeah. It it's is. Paced, paced, deliberately paced. Yeah. But I found it from very beginning. Uh, utterly compelling mm-hmm. and I'm, it's a real shame it did not get a big release here yeah. it seemed to just disappear I don't even remember it being in the cinema to be honest yeah I don't think it was I'm... and it's a real shame it's, it's got a lot going for it it's, I mean the performance of Andrew Scott in it is nothing short of phenomenal yeah. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant performance I've never seen him doing anything other than Moriarty yeah. and seeing him playing an American um, seeing him playing an American with what? autism and the way he doesn't do full retard. Um, no, sorry if I offend anyone with that. Yeah, but he does. He brings a lot of pathos to it. Yeah, and absolutely. sadness to it as well. Yeah. You know, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a man in the film, which I think was interesting, but they could do with autism is play him as a, a victim. Yeah, but he's, he's not at he's all. Not. No, no. He seems. At times he seems confused with what's going on in the world. Yeah. You know, and he, does, he has an understanding certain aspects of the world. You yeah. Because he has a kid with a girl. In his mind, he'll be with her forever, but in reality, that's it not. It turns out it was a one-night stand. Um, uh-huh. Did you at any point think they were going to kind of throw in there that he used to be a cop and that was his partner? I was waiting for that. And they I, never, they never for, a long, for the most part of the film, I didn't really get the autism. I thought he suffered an injury. Ah, right. Which is why I thought maybe that's why he was so interesting. It was almost like a harking back to his previous life. Right. You know, as yeah. being like cop, detective, yeah. something like that. Yeah. That's how he knew the he knew the cop. Yeah. And he knew yeah. some. But I think it's like maybe it's a small town. I think he just grew up. Yeah. Uh-huh. In, in that town. But um, I, I, I figured I thought it might be like a brain injury at one point. Yeah. I thought we were gonna. Um, Touch on that, but I think you are right. I yeah. think it is more than autism. Yeah. I think with the pens and stuff like that, yeah, it gives you like, that yeah. wee clues there. Yeah. Um, but what, what I've really liked about it was it didn't try and you know do a Christopher Nolan on you, it didn't try and bath you. The story was quite you know, it was a very coherent story, yeah. and you know, they kind of kept you in the right path. They didn't, they weren't trying to kind of hoodwink you or throw anything, you know, no. pull, pull rug out from under It was like, you know, this is the story, and um, you know, and as it's winding down, you kind of you pretty much do get the conclusion before it happens. Yeah. But in a good way, you don't feel like you know it wasn't spoon fed, yeah. and you know they didn't try and hoodwink you. But you know that's uh, where it went. That, that, it was a natural conclusion to the film. You meet characters in it, and with the exception of maybe one character in it, I was you pretty much pegged them as good or bad instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe one you're going to go, and I'm not really sure about you. But everyone else is sort of very much you were very easy thing in, in who yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, my biggest bugbears about it were, as I said to you, you can't dig up graves and not get arrested. That's true. No. Yeah. No. And I did find it was a bit convenient how readily he gleaned information. He would just ask someone something that would give him exactly what he needed to progress. To I think that was how the, the next the, part. I think that was due to the autism factor. I think it's all the idea of like 
people in the town obviously see him as a little bit of course, like, as a joke. Right. He's like, and they kind of if they say something to him, he won't remember it. And Whatever, over, like, on you go. You're like, you're like, oh, almost, okay. And I think that's why they got it, because he's almost like, it's like telling a child or something, you know, it's like, that's what I got for people feel open to talk to him because they think he's harmless he's harmless, harmless yeah. yeah exactly that's right that gives that's a, actually a good shoot I never really kind of picked up on that yeah well that's done that's well done though I think you could be could be a good one there yeah that's what I thought it, it seals up my, my little your little plot hole yeah, your little idea. yeah. yeah well um, I, like I, said, I really enjoyed it it's, really, it's, an, it's really interesting to watch I thought at first it was going to be something like Prisoners and it is bleak but it's not quite as bleak as Prisoners is yeah you know yeah um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was excellent. What, I, maybe about 8 out of 10. I, was, I think I was about 7 and a half, 8 as well, quite easily. I, yeah, yeah I, don't, see, I sat down to watch it, enjoyed it so much so that I said, watch this film. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah and I, I did enjoy seeing him act, um, not being Moriarty. Um, yeah. Although it still freaks me out how much it looks like one of the fellas we work with. Um, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, so you know, It's very, we work with a guy who says. He's called Scott, instantly. Yeah. And I work with a guy called Andrew Scott as well. Oh, yeah. see, <laughs> he looks a lot like him. You yeah. look at him and you're like, you're more, I, I can't trust you because you're more you, yeah. You're up to no good, sir. Um, no, if you like a movie, watch it. Yeah. It's on Sky. You need to pay watch it. Go back and see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, the next film is one that I told you to watch. Yes. Which is a Netflix release. Yeah. Just out last week. And it is called In the Tall Grass. Yes. Written by Vincenzo Natale, which sounds like a made-up Tarantino Italian name. What a porn star! He directed an Italian film called Splice, which was a We've lot, seen that. a lot yeah. sexier than I expected. That was one about the sort of hybrid. Yeah, and, uh, it was. Yeah, did they kind of made that sex? They didn't. Know, like, you didn't feel comfortable with no, the amount of sexiness they gave it. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also did one called Cube and Cipher, which are right. films. Um, the Tall Grass is written by, it's a best novella by Stephen King and his son Joe Hill, Joe Hill who yes. we are both massive fans of. Yes. Both of them, in fact, if I'm a, probably a bigger Joe Hill fan than I'm Stephen King fan at this point, I think, facing the work of the rest so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give them both a kudos. Yeah, yeah almost even even thin, yeah. 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 Um, and King is very much in the zeitgeist right now. Everything seems to be Stephen King touched by right now. He's, yes. He touches it, if he makes it, they want to make a film of it right now. Um, it's in a film that's basically about there's a, there's a cornfield. Yes. People go into the cornfield because they hear voices to, to, to help people. Yeah. And since you get lost in the cornfield and you don't know where you're going, but at the centre of this cornfield there is a giant rock. Monolith, yeah. Monolith, yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, which unleashes, and if you touch it, you get all the history of the world and everything, you know exactly what's going on. And it's really about these kind of trying to escape it. You paid much more attention than yeah. I dropped uh, out and before then, that. And there's also <laughs> a, there's a, like a time loop where people are getting called into the thing where they're hearing themselves or they're hearing something that's happening in the so future. In the future, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and it's only got Patrick Wilson. Yes. Uh, it's one of the guys in the field. Rachel Wilson, no relation, she's also in the film. Um, Will Buer Jr. and Leza De La Oliveira, she plays the pregnant one. Right. And Will Buer Jr., he plays the young boy. Um, so apart from Patrick Wilson, pretty much yeah. all on drones. Yeah, he's pretty much the only I guy. I didn't recognise anyone in at all. I think I'm. I'll start thinking I'm a bit more up in this film than you are. Um, I thought it was a decently well crafted sort of like solid horror. I thought it had a nice sense of the horror, nice sense of like the tension and pace, and it's all. It worked mostly for me. And I will say the ending of it felt a bit rushed and yeah. a bit unfulfilling. Um, but I thought all the acting was decent. Patrick Wilson is a standout. He knows his shit inside out now after oh, doing all the yeah. Conjuring movies and all that yeah, stuff. He yeah. knows he's doing the horror. Um, 
the weak kid annoyed me a little bit. Didn't really like the weak kid. He was a creepy little that boy. There's yeah. something not right with his eyes. Oh, yeah. definitely. You do not like that wee boy. You don't at all. He's like, no, 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 no. I enjoyed the time looking aspect. I thought it was quite interesting. It's kind of similar to a film you'd mentioned recently. Triangle. Triangle. Yeah. Kind of similar to that. Yeah. Um, it had problems. It, 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 like, as most horrors do, like, I mean, once you start doing, once you start messing around with time and time looks, it gets convoluted and a bit fucked up. And you go, yeah. yeah. Uh, you start wondering, like, would that be? Is that a decent conclusion? I'm not really sure. Um, but overall, I, I thought it was a solid enough Netflix release. Yeah. You think? Don't think that. No. No. Um, no. 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 Um, so I, I watched it at the, the bequest of my 17 year old son, um, where right. I let pick a movie, and Aiden picked this movie. Okay. Um, um, do, do you know what? It, it's not a terrible film. I just think they didn't understand the material at all. Because, have you read the book? Uh, no, I've I not read this one. Um, but I think you could tell just from seeing it, it because it, it it has no idea what it wants to be. Yeah. Sci-fi, horror, drama. Do you know what I mean time travel? It, it really doesn't. It doesn't fit in any one of those, but not in a good way. Some films are kind of, you know, they're kind of, what, source code is all over the place, but it fits, you know, I mean, it's like an action, time travel, yeah, kind of yeah, romance. Yeah, yeah. This is just, like, a really bad amalgamation of them, right, okay. just thrown together. The only time I was engaged in a full movie is when Patrick Wilson was on screen. Fair enough. Um, he would come on, do Patrick Wilson, but as you say, this guy sleepwalks this shit yeah. now, but he does it so well as only he can. Other than that, I just, I, it was just convoluted for the sake of being convoluted. Um, when the horror did happen, it wasn't really that horrific. And as you say, by the time it got to the end, you were just thinking, and, yeah. you know, and so, what, well, you know, meh. Um, I think it thought it was clever, yeah. but it wasn't clever, because it wasn't like no one and guys like that baffle you. To the point where it is clever, but you fucking like, right, well, I don't understand. This yeah. was just like, you no, know, you, you don't understand. Perhaps. I mean, yeah. You've kind of lost yourself in your own kind of asshole yeah. somewhere. And that's what I thought. Sorry, man. No, I mean, what is so, it, everything you've said there is, I, I actually can't argue with it. Yeah. It's pretty on the money. I, I get every complaint you have with it, I can totally understand and justify it and see you're absolutely right. I think I just. I was willing to put that a little bit aside a little bit and I just sort of I just maybe, maybe just embrace a little bit more. Unusually. I think what I was odd, I think it's maybe really why is because about a night before I watched Children of the Corn. Yes. I seen that. And I remember that keeping the shit out of me when I was a kid, like it really scared me. Watch it again, it does not. This at least I thought was a better version of a cornfield horror. Yeah. That's the only thing. I, I guess yeah. The problem is is um Mr King, as we've discussed before in the podcast, is quite happy to write you anything you want for a buck. Yeah. And that's the problem, is people can take his material, go nuts, and what as long as he's claiming money from it, King's like, yeah, it is. Well, I, saw, I saw the um, an, uh, an interview from, from uh, the director, he said he has no idea if King even read the script, and I'm going to go, I don't think King even looked at the script, my friend, I, I think he is quite yeah. happy to collect the paycheck on it. And he, he will make money from it, you know, which is good. Right. Um, I think it's a story particularly attached to me. I think he enjoyed maybe writing it with his son, but I, I would say this as well. I think it felt more a Joe Hill story than a Stephen King story. But see if you think so. If you think about the source material, which, which maybe one of us should read today's yeah. but a, a Stephen King novella is usually, you know, 120 pages at most. Yeah. You know, so take all of that, condense it down to you know the scale of 120 pages, with a clear narrative that King can do sometimes. Yeah. 
Probably, as I say, I think they have maybe just kind of not understood. It's a person to adapt King. Yeah. It is actually, you think... So far, Darabont, the, the king of doing it. The, the guy, king of King, hey, 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 like Mike, the guy who done um, Gerald's game. Gerald's game. Mm, I've never, I've still never been to Gerald's game. Okay, you, I know you love it. Well, he's doing um, Doctor Sleep. Well. Yeah, Mike Flanagan, yeah. I think his name is. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Him. yeah. But um, Darabont and him, yeah, they seem to be the ones that kind of get King more than anyone else. Out of 10? What? I'm going 6. Average of 5. Five, five. Yeah, Again, five do you know what? For a horror. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, now on to the biggest release of the week, probably the biggest release of the last couple of months. Maybe the year, possibly. I'd say probably one of them. Well, no, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but definitely one of the most like hotly anticipated films. Maybe in the last couple of weeks, it sort of ramped up very quickly in the last like sort of three weeks. Yeah, um, after some early shows, and that film is Joker, Joker. not the Joker, not the Joker, simply Just Joker. Joker. Yeah. Um, by Todd Phillips, who made his name with The Hangover and Old School, um, and recently done War Dogs. Yeah. Which was a great film. I mean, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That was snappy as fuck, wasn't it? What um, this film is, it is the origin story of the Joker. Um, in this film, Arthur Fleck, that's his origin. Um, was the Joker's name ever established no. in comic lore as no. well, though? So he could be. He could be anyone. anyone. I'm thinking, yeah. was it he's Joe Dirt at one point? No, yeah. not Joe Dirt, was it Joe? What's he, who is it? Um, I don't know, he mean Joe. Yeah. Joe Crime or something like that. Something Some stupid like that. This is fun. He's a sort of aspiring comedian, but also having to work as a, a party clown essentially. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of beaten down by society. He's getting beat up by passers-by. He's getting in trouble in transit what? trains. Yeah. He's getting in trouble at work. He's got a mother who's sort of quite demanding of him at this time. He's not really got any interest in women, or women have no interest in him. I think it's a situation. And he's sort of a very beaten down. Raw character. Cool, what you've done is you've described me the trailer. Let's go deep. Okay. Let's go deep. Let's go deep. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the idea of the film, and it's him on his journey to becoming. To madness. To madness. Yeah, yeah. Being Joker. Yeah, and yeah. the film you've got Wanky Phoenix playing Arthur Fleck. Because he's not really Joker from the first He is Arthur Fleck from all the films. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. And you also got Robert De Niro playing sort of a television host, like it was late night TV. Yeah, like a kind of cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, you also got Frances Conroy playing the mother. That's uh, she's in set of women. Yep. Yep. And also Zazie Beetz, who plays a sort of love. It's Domino, isn't she? Domino, she's yeah, Domino. Yeah, Domino, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Deadpool yeah. too. Um, this it, it's, a, it's a tough film to judge because I think it was like we said it was, the hype for this film reached like insane levels over the past three weeks mm-hmm. and I think for any film to live up to that hype was going to be essentially very difficult so it, it's basically the Venice Film Festival that, that, that's kind of created this, what, yeah. the, the, the hype and the buzz yeah Yeah, I think um, I for one did not think the film lived up to that hype I thought it was a fine film I thought it was a, a solid film a, a very well done film but to me it's just Taxi driver. You take the new taxi driver, slap some white clown makeup on him, you get exactly the same film. So in that respect, all this Charlie being a groundbreaking movie, sort of like this new direction for, for, for comic books, I just didn't see it as a new direction for anything. I didn't see it as anything groundbreaking. I saw it as very much, I've seen this before. I, I, I don't mind the take on it. I don't mind the idea of using a lot of Scorsese imagery and all that kind of stuff. But never really, like, grabbing me like, oh my God, this, like the way when I first saw The Dark Knight, like Dark Knight Rises, I'm not a huge fan of Batman because I really love. But when you see the Dark Knight, that is a diff- that is a film that's taken 
the comic book genre in a completely different direction, and rightly so, and it, it does amazing things with that with the genre. So much so, when it tries to do a sequel to it, the trilogy, it really can't. Yeah, so yeah, you know that's now the comparison, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the early on? Um, so I'm not not the opposite view, but I think it, it did live up to the hype. Right. Um, I I get. I, I think films like the story attached to River, like the, the Descent into Madness. Yeah, I think they're still necessary. Yeah, um, I'm not it's not necessary. I, I I really enjoy that part of it. Um, I think. What people are saying is it's so different is because it's part of you know this whole new wave of superhero movies. But you know it's not fucking special effects laden. There's no costume, so to speak. I mean that's why it is just ground. It's so grounded in realism. Even more so than something like Batman Begins. Yeah. I guess is probably. I mean, that's loads of, I, I get what you're it's almost like releasing Unforgiven during the 1930s like Western film. It's a completely different take. And yeah. didn't do that, but obviously the same yeah. idea. It's, like, aye, it's aye. just something that goes against the entire stereotype. You know, there's no flying, there's no capes, there's no fucking foreign hammers. You know, uh-huh. there's just this almost relatable, horrible world that the people live in. And yeah. I, I don't know about you, but there's people I can see Arthur Fleck in them. Like, I know someone that's a bit like that. You know yeah, I, mean? no, I, I think, yeah, you definitely. Um, you know, either being as a victim or not a victim. Or even perceived as a victim. Yeah, but I, what I liked was, and I think you had a big fear, I don't know how you felt, this is what I wanted to ask you about, I'm quite intrigued by this, is your fear was that they were going to make you sympathise with a character yep. who is altogether psychotic yep. and you cannot, should not, and if you do sympathise with, perhaps you need to go and look at yourself. I never got that. I think for, for the opening scene, I think it's set him as he's not someone you can sympathise with. I think there's two Maybe things. understand to a point, but not sympathise with. I think there's a couple of things to look at there. I think there is an audience who will look at that character as an anti-hero. I think so. There's enough people who look at it as an anti-hero. I think that's a shame. It's a shame, they've, they've and I think they look at it. They've, yeah. they've not understood. I think... He do enough. He does enough badness in the film that like he shoots people and he kills people. No, yeah, he's so, not a nice person. Not a nice person. Say, yeah. I think a right-thinking-minded person will look at it as a as a, 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 a bad guy. It should not yeah. be seen as anything else. Yeah. But yeah. there is a, a percentage who will not see him as that. And there's a two-thirds of over, over what um, Todd Phillips was doing. Like, does he portray him enough as a as a, a villain and not an anti-hero? And I don't think he does. I think he plays him too much as an anti-hero. Do you think so? Yeah. I didn't but get him. I've heard yeah. arguments about country where people say they portray him as such a pathetic character, which he is. He's fucking pathetic in this film. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's an absolute waste of a man. Yeah. And the idea, like, if you want to follow this guy, it's like, you want to follow that guy? But that's, you know, you want to follow this weedy, horrible little sort of, like, Daily can stand up to his mother kind of man, you know, he's sort of he's a pathetic human being. Absolutely. If that's your hero, then you've got a problem. Yeah, see for the start of the film, because I was quite worried about that after yeah. you'd kind of said that to me and I was thinking about it and I was quite concerned going in thinking, you know, like, I don't want to come out. Yeah, I'm, glad, and, I'm glad you think about thinking as you go. Yeah, I know not I, I think mean, you're I, right. I think for the start Todd Phillips has set a very strong kind of statement saying, This is not fucking right, you know, this person's just bad yeah. and that's it, they're horrible and they get to the, 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 by the end of the film it becomes Joker but at the start of the film he wasn't anything other than a bad person I mean it never at any point I found did I think 
oh, that's a shame. Yeah. There was some comfortable bits in it, but I never kind of sympathised with the character yeah. of the Empire. I was just like, you know, uncomfortable at like the kind of stand-up scene where he's doing his stand-up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. I mean, you're like, like you're, that's horrible. But yeah. No, I never ever at any point got that. No, yeah. and I, I think you, you know, you know, well-educated, well-thought-out man. You can, yeah. you can see that. I hope so. And I think more people, I think more people will see that. But I think yeah. there was enough of the film the way it was portrayed, particularly the end scenes. You know, when he's standing on the yeah. car. Yeah. I think there's an issue with that. It's like at that point, he's sort of the hero of the story. Too iconic. Possibly. Even though literally in the ten minutes before that. He's done some horrible shit, and he's causing horrible shit to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is the moment I thought, mm, it's, 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 it's trying, it, it's not decisive enough. And another problem I had with it is, you don't see another point of view in the film. You only see his perception of the world. No one else gets a point of view across the world. They try and put it in a little bit towards the end, but you don't get enough. Slightly. Yeah. I, but I, I, I'm okay with it because I'm like that's. His story, do you okay. mean it's not anyone else's story? Do you think so? What we're saying about there's always a percentage that will perceive him as an anti hero, yeah. there is. Is that avoidable though? Is that well, people because you can't? I don't think anyone came out of Dark Knight thinking Joe was a hero anyway. You might think he's iconic in the way he looks as an iconic look about him. I, I have no interest in people thinking that film going, oh, Heath Ledger's a hero of that story. It's very clearly obvious that he is not a hero, he is a villain of that piece. But he done shit that was different and that but again this is more grounded realism yeah. um, which is maybe the problem is as you know like but you know what's the old saying you're one bad day away from being me yeah that's true and, that, and, and do you know what I mean it, it does I know it's a cliche and it, it's lifted from you know a kind of joker line and stuff uh-huh. like that but this movie I think embraces that and, and encapsulates it and it, you know poses that question you know, that's the statement you're, you're a bad day from yeah, and, and, it's totally, but and everything you're saying is an absolutely fair point. Yeah, yeah. And I think my reading of the film, I think, is entirely valid as well. Yeah, not just yeah. Too highly myself. I can, no, I can see. That it's kind of worrying. It's, that's, what I was, that's what I mean. Like, is is it avoidable? Are you always going to have? Because you're you're not anti hero, which thank fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know no, I mean? I'm definitely anti. You're not, which I get. But there is. Can you avoid that? Doesn't matter what you do or what you write. Is there always going to be someone that will take whatever you do, regardless, think, and make it into? I don't think. Their I think you should avoid it. I think if you watch, say, if you watch Jack Nicholson's Joker, again, no one comes out of that film thinking he is an enemy of the hero. He is a villain of that piece. If you watch Caesar Romero doing it, he's a villain of the piece. If you even watch Jared Leto doing it, you, he is a villain of that piece. He's not the good guy. When you watch the film, I think there's enough grey and enough ambiguity in it that. That's a problem thing. I don't. And it's a baby steps of. Oh, it's I a, don't know. I don't. I don't understand. The banality that anyone of, can come out thinking anything all that. That is what. It personally, is. I don't I, see either. Yeah. But I think I can. Well, sorry. I don't see if anyone should, but I can see why they can justify it. And that's the issue I've got with it. Yeah. Cool. And there's, and there's moments in it where I think the justification is there. If it's justification, I'm not happy with that. They're not there. Yeah. So on to performance, Mr. Phoenix. Enjoyment performance. It's, I think he's got a lot of ledger in it. His channel's ledger? Yeah. I got that. No, I got that. But it's um, definitely a more physical performance than ledger. Ledger didn't yeah. give us quite a physical performance. Yeah. He's, ledger's not doing stuff with his body as much. He's sort of, he's very much a... He is doing something, not a lot, whereas in yeah. this film, I would say that he is doing a lot of his body. He's yeah. probably become oh, a character himself. He's, yeah. he's the twisted, the, the sort of the spindly nature of the fact his bones are like popping out of his skin. It's like, yeah. there's a definite 
physical change in him, which yeah. is probably what the academy will love. Like you, you think you, he's a favourite for um, Oscar? Oscar. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why they, they like physical changes in a character. That could be something. It's like something for their arm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's. Um, I think a more committed performance. I think it is an utterly committed performance. He but, is so, like, scarily. I mean, like, I know it's nonsense. I don't. I've never got into it. But there's a whole ledger died because he played the Joker and he had that place and he killed himself. No, that's not why he killed himself. He told me so fucking stupid. Yeah, one well, of the Olsen twins killed him. That's what we all know. Um, what? I think he's dating an Olsen twin at the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is. I think that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something more committed, and I think the man has put himself. So fucking deep into that role that it's hard to pull the actor out. And yes, I mean, I think with Big Name like Phoenix, it's you know, when you watch big, big actors doing big roles, it's easy to pull them apart going, yeah, that's Brad Pitt playing this. I think with this, you do get lost in, you know, oh shit, you know, where's. Yeah, where the line. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. And he is excellent. I'm not denying he's an excellent player, really well. Yeah. But again, it's much like I talked at the start. I don't think performance is deserving of the hype. I think it's been over-egged by critics. And I think if you look at some of the scores on IMDb, I think the critical scores are a lot higher than some of the audience review scores. Which I think is a definite, definitive sort of like, are we... And we'll see the full well of them. Stuff that we've absolutely adored. But the audience score is low, like, for example, like, things like... Gem. Gem. Like what? Gem. Gem the holograms? Yes. That is one, yes, certainly, yeah. yeah. Um, or I would also say things like um, Arrival was sort of loved by critics, or he's even a bit cold on it, you know. So.